Hey everybody, this is Sam with West Virginia Overtime, and this is another episode in Paranormal Review. Um, we are actually going to do the first episode in the first season of Ghost Nature, or Ghost Nation, I'm sorry. Um, I want to apologize to you guys. Um, I haven't did a Paranormal Review episode since October 19th. Um, I have been having throat problems. Um, they originally thought that I had strep, and now they're not sure. I'm, I'm on my second antibiotic, so we're going to see if it can clear up. I'm going to try to do quite a few episodes here over the next 24 hours to 48 hours because it's Halloween. So, um, what we're doing, for those of you who missed the first episode, um, I belong to a group. It is a Facebook group. It's called Nick Groff, Portals to Hell, Viddy, and Ghost Adventures. It's a private group. You can ask to come aboard and get approved. And in that group, uh, we talk about different paranormal shows and um, different things that are going on in the world, such as the haunted house that is down in Tennessee that requires you to res uh, sign a 40-page waiver where they can basically do anything to you, and if you last 10 hours, then they'll give you $20,000, um, which I think is absolutely crazy. But um, we were talking, and I was telling them that um, I was doing a podcast, and several of them <clears throat> stated that they would be interested in kind of doing like a paranormal review show. So I'm kind of doing what I want, I guess, for for lack of any other way of doing it um i'll probably be talking about different topics and different shows and everything like that our first podcast was paranormal review and it was the history of taps ghost hunters and then turning into ghost nation uh in that particular podcast, I told you guys that I had never seen Ghost Hunters, um, that I had recently, I had heard about them before, but um, until they made up their minds, I, I guess it was announced back in May or June, that Grant Wilson was going to start Ghost Hunters up, back up, and then Jason Halls was going to start Ghost Nation. I had never really seen it. I had never went on YouTube. I I had heard about it. Um, people in the Facebook group had mentioned it, but and had compared it to Ghost Adventures. Um, some people liked it better. Some people didn't. And so I had never seen it. I was kind of interested. Um, I took this kind of as an assignment. And, and I was really cool with finding out their history and what they believed and why they believed it, why they started everything up. So in, in the first podcast, that's kind of what it's about, is the history of it starting in 1990 and then bringing it forward. Um, so what I have done is I have been taping Ghost Nation. So I watched the first episode approximately about two, two and a half hours ago. And I've been sitting here kind of thinking, how am I going to do this podcast? Am I just going to review the, the episode? Well, you know, that's kind of boring. Um, you can watch it yourself. Um, do I just want to talk about things and assume that you've already seen it? Well, some of you are um, in areas where you haven't gotten it yet uh, and may want to listen to this. Um, do I want to read other people's reviews and tell you about those? Um, I mean, I wasn't 100% sure where I wanted to go with this and what I wanted to say. 
So, um, I'm just going to kind of start and kind of talk to you. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the episode and then kind of go with the flow on what I think. As I told you in the first episode of Paranormal Review, I'm a little bit of a skeptic. I am um, was raised fairly religious and um, don't always believe everything that everyone says. Um, a lot of times I feel like that there is some kind of way that things are created. Um, I also don't know that I necessarily uh, believe in Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster and all of that. So I'm coming at this more from a skeptical point of view. I have never been on a ghost uh, hunt or a ghost investigation. So that's kind of where I'm coming. I've been on walking ghost tours. I've been on a... Um, a trolley tour down in St. Augustine. I have uh, been on historical ghost tours and, and things like that. But as far as me actually investigating or anything like that, um, as I told you in the first podcast, I am a big, big scaredy cat. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Um, a skeptical point of view with a little bit of a religious background that is a scaredy cat. So um, I'm going to be pointing out different things. What I would like for you to do is when you hear this, uh, feel free to either talk about this in the group. Like I said, the group, the Facebook group is Nick Groff, Portals to Hell, Viddy, Ghost Adventure, if you put any of those in, it should pop up. Uh, feel free to join the group, and hopefully we'll be discussing it in there. You can go to Anchor, and this will be uh, Season 1, Episode 14. Um, it will be Paranormal Review. Then you will see Ghost Nation, and the title of it will be The Boys Are Back. When you read in the description, it'll tell you that it's uh, season 1, Episode 1, uh, October 11th of 2019. Uh, feel free on Anchor to leave me a voice message. I'll play those uh, for the next episode and we can talk about them. Feel free to contact me at West Virginia Overtime uh, on Facebook or Instagram. Or tweet at me at OvertimeWV. Um, that is, uh, this group's page. Uh, you can also reach me at gmail, wvovertime, uh, gmail.com. Um, we concentrate on it at West Virginia Overtime mostly on high school and middle school sports, but I am also doing different topics. Um, so one of the topics we've chosen is the Paranormal Re Review Series. Uh, we're doing a Disney series. I'm doing um, a little bit of a coaching series. Uh, we're giving score updates for uh, West Virginia uh, middle school and high school sports. Um, there will probably uh, come up some other topics. Um, we have done AEW wrestling and WWE wrestling. So there, there's going to be several topics on there. If, if you guys would like to listen to any of the other podcasts, that's not a problem. If you just want to listen to the paranormal review topics, then, then feel free. Uh, they'll be marked. But like I said, this is the second episode of the paranormal review. So let's kind of get into it. This this is uh, season one, episode one, of Jason Hall's um, Steve Gonzalez and um, Dave Tango. I thought that there would probably be more to the group. Um, I'm interested in seeing the rest of the series and seeing if they they add any members to the group. I know when they were doing Ghost Hunters and Taps, they they had a group you know, of anywhere from 10 to 30 people, and they kind of switched them in and out. They had main characters, if, if you want to call them that, 
But um, seems like in this season, maybe they're just going to stick with the three. Um, tonight, they had a local paranormal investigator, Jessica, that was also helping them. She had investigated the house before. And so she was kind of leading them. Um, I really enjoyed how this episode started. Um with it being titled The Boys Are Back, you kind of got the feeling that, that it was starting all over, and they did do that. Um, the production team, I thought there was a, a great production and uh, lead-in to the episode, I I liked the the title credits and and kind of how they told you the story and then introduced them, um, and then kind of started with the Leon. I enjoyed that this one showed them and talked about how they quit. Uh, doing the TV show, but they continued going to conventions and doing different expos and, and meet and greets. And so we saw them at the Fanboy Expo in Knoxville, Tennessee, and they were there to kind of announce their TV show and do a question and answer segment. And um, I was kind of shocked. Um, you know, a lady asked, what they had been doing and Jason answered that him and Steve had started a global group which I need to look up after this uh, it's called UPRO and it is the United Paranormal Research Organization and I think the reason why I'm interested in it is because I just kind of assumed They've been saying in the lead-up to this television show that there are no hard feelings between Grant and Jason, and so I just kind of assumed that they were still kind of running TAPS, which stands for the uh, the Atlantic um, Paranormal Society, and they started that together in, I think, 1995. And so, I know that it was still running, I've heard of it, but I hadn't heard any research or anything come out of it, so I wasn't sure, and when I was researching for Podcast One, I, everything I read, it led me to believe that it was still active. But after seeing this first episode and hearing Jason talk about him and Steve creating this UPRO, which is United Paranormal Research Organization, um, and it being global, this leads me to believe that Jason and Grant have completely split. Um, I'm sure that they still somewhat talk, especially since both of them still uh, do conventions and lectures and expos and meet and greets, um, and they both have TV shows now. I'm sure that they have talked some, but since doing podcast one and then doing this one tonight, I have found out that the bed and breakfast that they both bought together, they sold. Um, they've split uh, the ghost hunter's name, and um, Grant was talking about buying Jason out of that. And then this creating UPRO with Steve, I wonder if TAPS is still running, and if it is, which one of them's running it? Uh, did one of them buy the other out? Um, what exactly? is going on. The other thing that I guess created an interest was Jason on purpose said that this was a global organization and that TAPS was regional. And the people putting together the episode made sure that they showed a globe when they were talking about UPRO. 
So that makes me think that there is a possibility that Ghost Nation, the TV show, will also be global. Um, I look for this season for them to stay in the United States, but I wonder if people are having issues or problems around the world if that opens it up for it to go global or um, them to do video conferencing or Skyping or, or do something like that in the future. The second question that, that they were asked at the Fan Boy Expo in Knoxville, Tennessee was, do you want to debunk or do you want whatever you're investigated to be haunted? And that kind of caught me because, like I said, I'm a skeptic. And so I thought that was a fairly interesting conversation. Because when I look at these TV shows, and, and I'm going to do more than Ghost Nation, um... I have plans of looking at Destination Fear, Dakota Layden's um, new TV show. Obviously, I want to do Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters. Um, that's a question that I'm probably going to ask myself. I'm probably going to ask at the podcast. Is, are they going at this? What is their frame of reference? When they walk into a house or an asylum or a jail or wherever they're at, are they going at this that this place is haunted and they're looking to prove that? Or are they going at this as all these people are crazy and I'm looking to debunk it? Because I think that makes a difference in how you treat things, how you see things, what your perception is. So I was, when, when the, the lady asked that question, I kind of set up a little bit and was like, how is he going to answer this? I have only seen, I don't know, maybe five, six episodes. I've watched the first season of Ghost Hunters, and I know that wasn't a full season, so I'm, I'm thinking there's six episodes. Um, I've seen the first season, and so I was expecting Jason to answer that as I go in to find out people's experiences and debunk it. And he didn't. He said... I go at it looking at it as I want to help. And so that was extremely interesting to me. That he doesn't look at it um, that I want to debunk it or I want it to be haunted for good TV. I just kind of want to help him get through it one way or another. If, you know, it's banging on the wall because of pipes then I want to tell them that so they can get it fixed. Uh, if it's banging on the walls because there's a rat living inside the walls, I want to find that out and get it fixed. If there is banging in the walls because there's a ghost trap there, then I want them to know that so they can get it fixed. He wants to help them. And so that kind of surprised me because... Like I told you in the first podcast, um, I've really watched um, Ghost Adventures, and I have watched uh, some of uh, Ghost Brothers and uh, Paranormal State, Paranormal Lockdown, and I think that's a different way of looking at things. I don't think any of them kind of go about that in that way, other than maybe uh, Katrina Wadman. Um, I believe that, that she goes about it in the shows that I have seen her in, uh, interviews that, that I've heard from her and articles I've read and stuff, that she kind of goes at it in a helping manner because she's a crisis counselor. And so I, I was interested in that. And so you're probably, when... You hear me do a paranormal review on Destination Fear, Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters, uh, or any other show or anything that I see. 
I'm probably going to be looking at it from that frame of reference. Are they going at this to debunk this? Are they going at this to look and see if it's haunted? And so I thought that that, that was really, really interesting. So the next question that came up was from Jessica, the paranormal investigator that is helping out in this episode, and she tells them that there is a farmhouse that's about 45 minutes away from Knoxville, and that the family has seen four full-body apparitions. This um, kind of intrigues Steve, and you can see it on his face. And Jason doesn't really want to answer her questions. She um, is asking for any help that they can give as far as telling them where to go next or give them some kind of guidance or something like that. And Jason ends that question with, can we talk to you after this meet and greet and question and answer section? And so we don't see the rest of the meet and greet or anything. It jumps to it being over and then meeting Jessica and her talking about it. As you can hear, my um, voice is cracking just a little bit. So I'm going to take a quick break right here. We're going to start into the episode. I'm going to get a drink and then we're going to start talking about this episode in detail, what I thought and where I wanted them to go and where they did go and what they found out and everything. So let's take a quick break and uh, I'll be back in just a second. Hey everybody, I wanted to tell you about Anchor. It's what I'm using to make this podcast. I use it not only because it's free, but because it's easy. I can record and broadcast anything and everything right from my phone, or I can use a computer. It allows me to edit things, and it has everything I need just in one place. And not only that, you can make money from your podcasts. But what you have to do is you've got to go download the free Anchor app. Go to anchor.fm just to get started. And then send me a link. I want to hear your podcast. Hey everybody, this is Sam and and, um, I'm back at it uh, from West Virginia Overtime and and this is the second episode of Paranormal Review. Um, It is Ghost Nation, the boys are back and it is about the first episode in the first season of Ghost Nation. We had been talking about um, the boys actually coming back and uh, finding their first investigation. Um, They had been at a fanboy expo and Jessica, a paranormal investigator, piqued their interest by saying that there was a farmhouse about 45 minutes from Knoxville, Tennessee where they were and that she needed some guidance and some help on how to help this family. Um, She proceeds to tell them a little bit more about it, that they are the Tothero family. There is Brittany and Corey and um, that Brittany bought this house and kind of lived there. And then she started dating Corey. Uh, They got married. Corey is a military vet that has PTSD from the military. Um, Some things that trigger him are unexpected things. Um, And that he has had to go out. I believe they called it an RV. Um, For those of you who are, you know, around the country or around the globe. Um, That's a recreational vehicle. Uh, Sometimes in the United States, it's called a camper or a trailer, Uh, a mobile kind of uh, camper that can be drove or pulled that that you can live in. They usually have um, a living room, a kitchen, and then a bedroom as a the basics and then they can 
get full scale and even have fireplaces and ceiling fans and all this other stuff in them. Um, they showed it kind of quick in the TV show. Corey had two kids, um, Madison and Gavin, and then it sounds like that Brittany and Corey also had a kid together named Frank. Um, and so what we see is Ghost Nation, the three guys, driving down to White Pine, Tennessee. They stop at a cemetery where Jessica kind of gives them a heads up. Now, this is my first kind of red flag, I guess. Um, they stop in the cemetery, and she tells them about the Sarton family. Um, she talks to them about Ida Sarton and her husband, and how they were a big deal. They're buried in the cemetery. There are streets named out of them. Um, Tango asks about their wealth and things like that. And I'm like, where is this going? This is where, like I said, my first red flag goes up because up until this point, we haven't heard anything about the Sartans. Um, Jason even asks, well, why do we care about them? Why, do, why are we concerned about the Sartans? And she's kind of saying, well, the house that the Tothros live in was built by the Sartans, and they lived there, but doesn't really go into more detail. I was a little disappointed and shocked that they didn't do some historical research right then and say, well, I just don't know about this because they're finding this out basically third-hand information from Jessica a paranormal investigator yeah she's from the area but I mean she didn't make a point to say I have researched this um, we have made contact with them or or anything like that so I, I kind of felt like we were being led now, I don't know whether that was on purpose, whether Jessica was leading us and Jason, Steve, and Tango, or whether the TV production crew was leading us down this path. So, um, I was just like, um, I don't know if I like this. So, we would come into, you know, where the family is and instead of doing a typical walkthrough i really like that in ghost nation they kind of bumped it up tech wise and um it reminded me a little of um hgtv or um DIY network or something like that because what they did was they showed a drone view of the land of the farmhouse they told you that they owned a lot of animals that you know there were 40 plus acres and so we kind of got to see the whole landscape then Jessica started kind of breaking down different e evidence um, and different rooms. And instead of actually going on a walkthrough, we saw a kind of computer simulation where it was in the house and her telling us a little bit about it with some pictures and stuff we didn't actually see jason steven tango you know going into the rooms you see tango taking notes you see um steve kind of making different points i was really impressed i felt like i um steve had more personality than what I was used to in the old Ghost Hunters. Like I said, I haven't seen the later seasons, so maybe he does 
have a little bit more personality, but I felt he was more of a jokester. I felt he was more comfortable. He was more of a leader. He was more talkative. Um, I felt that he was like maybe more older or mature or had a confidence about him. So he really kind of impressed me. Now, they started off kind of talking about the, the kitchen activity, um, some toys talking in there, and saying seven. little disappointed here, you know, I'm that caught me because with, you know, my religious background, seven is a good number. And so, I was wanting to see them do something with that, as far as toys talking, and the number seven, and they didn't. And I don't know whether that wasn't a big deal, if they tried that, they didn't have time to show it, if they forgot about it, or whatever. But in the kitchen, they were also hearing voices. Then they went up to the upstairs landing and said that they were seeing two different apparitions as far as a little boy, a lady with a bonnet. Um, on the landing itself, uh, they talked about the remote control car moving. Um, in Frank's room, Frank is seeing a little boy. They talked about uh, the oak tree outside, seeing a brown ghost out there, batteries draining. Um, they talked about the remote control car being able to move from the living room to the dining room. And and they're going through all this, and I'm thinking, my goodness. Usually on these TV shows, they might have two rooms they concentrate on. Um, I was thinking, how are they going to get this done? Um, I know Ghost Adventures only spends like six hours to eight hours in a house now. And I was thinking six hours, eight hours to investigate all this. Um, how are they going to do this? I, I, I'm, I'm not real sure about it. You know, then the family brings out photo evidence that they'd caught on the security camera of a, a figure that looked like it was hooded. Um, I could see the outline of a figure, but I wondered if it was some kind of reflection because you see Brittany, um, the woman that lives in the house, you see her in the, the picture. And I was wondering if there was some kind of reflection going on. I wanted them to reenact that and look at that. So they kind of talk and you hear Jason and Tango and Steve say the family's leaving for a week. And I was like, wow, wait a minute. That's unreal. Because I thought Nick Groff had really did some excellent research on paranormal lockdown. Um, having, you know, taking over a place for 72 hours. He was in the black monk house over in England for a hundred hours and I thought that was unreal but to have this family leave for a week um I was impressed I really was I felt like oh they're actually gonna maybe do some experiments they're actually going to try to get to the bottom of this so I was really impressed with that I was impressed that the family was willing to do it but I was also impressed that they felt like they needed that much time because that's what I was thinking I was thinking there's no way you can do this in six hours so then they started setting up the cameras, and I really wish that they would have showed us the planning, because I would have been interested in that. Um, obviously, there was great planning that went into this as far as where they were going to put cameras in order to cover the room. Um, I wanted to know why they used certain cameras in certain areas. Um, they didn't really show that or talk about that. Um, I know that they used a DVR camera, obviously, outside because they weren't going to be out there a whole lot. And no one was going to be watching that 24-7. So they wanted the DVR to, you know, 
tape it and so that they could review it later and they didn't want to have to take a SD card in and out of it and, and, and everything. So I know why they did that. But I think what I wanted to know is do you use different cameras set up stationary in different rooms? Like, do you put a thermal camera with a regular infrared camera? What kind of angles are you looking at? If you're looking for an apparition and it's saying it's usually in the closet, do you have one camera pointed at the closet where you set, you know, two other cameras up to cover the wide area of the room? I, I kind of wanted them to go into that a little bit, especially with this being the first episode, and, and they didn't do that. But I did enjoy, you know, Steve and Jason. It, it looks like Steve is kind of taking Grant's uh, place, and he's going to be with Jason a lot. They walked outside near the big oak tree, and they tested a battery. And I was real impressed with that. You know, they, they were out there. They asked. They took baseline readings. Um of the battery being fully charged, um, they stayed out there, they asked different questions, they asked for the battery to be trained, they set it up um, on a meter where they could see if there was any flux fluctuation, and then they set up a camera on the meter, and, and they left the battery there, because they wanted to see could a battery drain at all, was there any reason that it would drain. While they were out there, um, since Frank had seen, you know, an apparition up in the trees of a, of a brown ghost, you could see them kind of looking. They set, set the cameras up and, and everything. But um, then it kind of switched over to Tango and Jessica. And I think Tango has the most personality and is the most comfortable with different people as far as he has a more laid-back easygoing personality a more almost normal personality he's not afraid to get scared or to show that he's scared or nervous but he's also not afraid to show that he knows a little bit about what's going on i felt like jessica and him worked together pretty well but this is where i started getting very interested and kind of questioning because he put down the remote control car and the family told them that they had gotten rid of the remote that it had been thrown away or it had been lost or broken or something like that so they had this remote control car and uh tango gets on his, his walkie-talkie and the car moves so my immediate thought was the same thing as tango's is the walkie is on the same frequency so he you know really plays with that um and make sure that the walkie isn't making it move. Uh, Jessica has already seen the remote control car move when people have asked questions. She's already been in the house. They've already did this experiment. So she starts doing that as far as asking questions, having the car move. And so the skeptic in me was wondering if there was some frequency with all the cameras, with electricity, with the walkies, with just different cellular things, if it could make the car move. So I was real impressed when they set up the um, kind of experiment where the next day they went and they bought a similar remote control car uh, it was a little bigger, and it actually had the remote with it. They showed it working. They set it down beside the other remote, and both of them moved. And then, you know, you saw Jason turn the one that they bought off. They uh, tried to get 
the original to move with the remote and kind of test it. They also brought up a frequency meter to kind of see if there was anything going on as far as that. They switched out batteries. They turned it on and off. Um, they never really got to the bottom of it. I wanted them to kind of figure it out. Uh, the skeptic in me did not think that there was a little boy ghost that was moving this car because remote control cars you know they don't normally when you shove them they don't move like that and so i didn't think there was a little boy ghost shoving this um now i guess if they were creating some kind of electrical frequency then the little boy ghost could get it to move like that but there's a part of me thinking it would have picked up on something. And so the skeptic in me is not buying this whole remote control car thing. Um, then they went downstairs and they talked about the photo in the kitchen. Uh, Jason and Steve looked with the REM pod. Um, it went off, you could hear it, you could see the callers, and then I saw it before they said it. There was a shadow in the room move, and it turned a little blocker, and as I was seeing that, of course, Steve was like, whoa, wait a minute, and so they backed that up and showed that again, so you could see this shadow and the REM pod going off. I really wish that um, there had been a camera in that other room that they could have somehow showed us a picture on whether or not it was actually moving or anything like that. And then they kept hearing bangs both upstairs and downstairs that the others couldn't hear. You know, Tango would hear bangs upstairs or hear voices upstairs that they weren't hearing downstairs or Jason and Steve were hearing bangs or voices that Tango couldn't hear upstairs and so they also went to a historian and found out about Thomas Swaggerty um, he was a black man um, that they thought was getting the black people in the area to kind of organize and since the Sardins and others in the area were part of the KKK um, they believe Thomas Swaggery was shot through the heart on the Sargon's property. They think it was near the barn, but there's no proof that, that he was in the house or anything like that. They said he had an eight-year-old son, Austin, and or that he, he had a son named um, Austin and that he died at eight years old. And so... At the findings meeting, I, I guess I had some issues because they came to the conclusion after a week that Ida Sarton was the one, the EVP that they heard. I heard a noise um, on the EVP. I could not hear what they said it was. Even after they said it and they played it a couple times, I even rewinded my uh, DVR and I still cannot hear or make that out, so I'm not real sure how they did that. Um, and they said that Ida Sarton was probably the shadow that made the REM pod go off. I still feel like there was no strong evidence that, you know, Ida Sarton was there. Um, that she was necessarily doing anything. So for them to kind of call that, I was, I was a little surprised. But I could go with that more than I could go with the next two. They said that they believed Thomas Swaggery, who was shot by, um, in the heart, um, by possibly a KKK member, that they got um, nothing saying he was there, uh, and that if he was, then maybe it was residual. 
I kind of believe that. But then the next thing to explain the the photo with what Brittany believed was a hood, they believed that that was a residual KKK member. And I did not feel like they had any evidence that there was a KKK member even in there. And so I felt like that was kind of pulled out of the blue. Um, they made the assumption that the little boy that Corey had seen on the landing and that Frank was seen in his closet was Austin looking for his dad. That um, one of the voices that they heard they thought was uh, him trying to say hello. Again, I could not make out that EVP. Um, just really... I just, I couldn't buy that. Um, they were saying that maybe Austin was, you know, playing with the remote control car. I, I just, I know it's great TV to say, yes, this is Austin. But I think that's making a jump. Um, I don't think that you truly know what it is. Um, I don't know that just two EVPs that I couldn't even make out that they could say that those were paranormal or anything like that. I thought they were basing a lot of it on uh, personal experiences that they were having and telling us about. And I know that's a lot dealing with the paranormal is based on your personal experiences because, you know, we don't have the technology to, to be able to, to tell, and I'm going to, you know, talk about that in future episodes, but I just, I, I just really, I don't know that I would be calling this necessarily paranormal. However, they came to the conclusion that, you know, no one was trying to harm anybody, and this seemed to really reassure Corey, and he seemed to be glad that Ghost Nation had came in and had seen some of the things that they had seen and that they could explain it. Um, like I said, I'm not sure that I buy their exp explanations, but that's not up to me. I'm not living there. I think the thing that I liked about this first episode and that caught me off guard was their calm demeanor. Like I said, I've seen Ghost Adventures. I've seen Ghost Brothers. Um, seen Paranormal Lockdown, um, Ghosts of Shepherd Town, um, have seen different things, and I just felt like they acted professional. I felt like Jason, Steven, Tango go in, they expect things to happen, because the families told them things will happen. Now, I think they go into it not knowing whether it's because of something natural or something paranormal, but they don't get um, totally scared and run when something does happen. Because like I said, the family has told them something's going to happen and here's what it is. So if the family says that they've seen this re remote control car move, well, they're expecting that remote control car to move. So when it does, they don't jump up and down. They don't go run around. They don't go, dude, did you see that or anything? They're real professional about it because they kind of expect it and they go about trying to explain it. Um, you know, you'll see them jump because they're shocked. Um because they were expecting it to happen, but maybe not that way, or not that loud, or not right beside of them, or whatever. But it's it's rare that you see, you know, Jason, Tango, and, and Steve run, or you see them um, have exaggerated and dramatic reactions. And I guess I like that. I, I, I enjoyed this show. I did have some issues with it. Um, I'm always wanting these shows to be longer. I'm always wanting these shows to go more in depth. 
but I'm like that about everything. That's a personal thing. You guys are just going to have to get used to it. I'm always wanting more history, or I'm wanting them to investigate more, or to ask more questions, or to always go more in depth. I'm wanting to know more. That's just how I am as a person. If you tell me a story, I'm going to interrupt you 20 times to ask you follow-up questions, because I always want to know more. I'm always interested. And so that's kind of what I wanted to know. And so I'm interested with this being the first episode. I'm wanting the show to grow. I'm wanting, I can't wait to see, you know, episode two and see if it gets better, if it goes more in depth, if they get more professional, if they figure out some things. I'm look, I, I kind of wish they would come up with some experiments um, that Nick Groff does or that the Tennessee Race Chasers do um, to try to prove that the paranormal exists or doesn't exist, but I don't know that that's Jason Stephen Tango's whole mentality. So, so interested in seeing this. Enjoyed the first episode. Uh, would recommend it to you guys. Um, and hopefully, you enjoyed this paranormal review. Um, didn't feel like I could make fun of them about anything. Did feel like I needed to be um, a little bit skeptical about it. So let's just kind of review. If you're not already in the Facebook group, feel free to get in it. It is Nick Groff, Portals to Hell, Fitty, and Ghost Adventures. Um, just ask to join, answer the questions, and you'll get approval. Come in and find the um, podcast uh, post and start talking. Um, if you're not a member of the group, you don't want to join the group, and you want to ask a question or comment, feel free to go on the Anchor app this is WV Overtime's podcast. Feel free to send me a voice message through Anchor. Um, like I said, I'll play it, and and we can talk and and answer things or or you know just talk things through. If you want to have a discussion or anything on any other social media. We're under WV Overtime on both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can talk on there. You can tweet me at Overtime WV and talk about it there. You can email me at WVOvertime at gmail.com. And uh, like I said, we'll talk or and I'll bring it up in the, the next podcast, you know, that that I'm doing, and feel free to give me any comments, uh, questions, problems, protests, anything like that. Tell me how, how this is going and if you're liking it or not. If there's any shows that, that you're wanting to do, if there's any topics you're wanting to talk about, um, if you're wanting to talk about something, we can always set it up and and... I'll do a podcast with one of y'all, and you can put your feelings out, and, and we can talk back and forth about it. So um, feel free to uh, comment in, and talk about this. And like I said, um, hopefully we're going to have a couple more episodes in the next 24 to 48 hours because it's Halloween. And I want to, now that I've gotten involved in this, I, I want to do some more and watch some more episodes. So I will be talking to you guys soon. I hope you have a great one.